How you doing? You're listening to episode 12 of Puck and Dirty. My name, as always, is David, and I'm the host of this here pod. With me, once again, from last week, we're buzzing from last week, we got the boys, Matt and Jakes. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Hey. Um, this is uh, Puck and Dirty, obviously, I said that already, but uh, this is a uh, podcast primarily covering, you know, the Penguins, yins or lens, I'd say, uh, you know, hockey pop culture. Uh, if that interests you, you should check out, you know, the socials. Uh, it's at Puck and Dirty on, like, all of them. Some, I post some stuff there, like daily takes and fantasy and highlights and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, check them out. And if you like uh, pop culture and other pods, like in other sports, uh, check out Talking Dirty as well. Our buddy Ryan produces that one and is a host on that one. Matt, you're a goofball. You're a goofball. But, yeah, Just check them out. Just had to throw that out. Yeah, I'm glad you did it right toward the opening. Really helps. Really helps. Uh, but yeah, hey, uh, how you guys doing? What did you guys do last week? You guys do anything fun? I know Matt came to my house one day, but Jake, you do anything fun? Um, I spent most of my weekend, probably too much of my time, devoted devoted to um, transforming a like Fisher Price shopping cart for my nephew. <laughs> uh so you know Sick. quite the process of like sanding it and then spray painting it touch oh, up nice. phases ton of work for a three-year-old can't even appreciate it yeah right <laughs> push it around it'll be great he might put his fake food in there you know some bananas we want to the target and then you know that was the whole oh, thing yeah yeah it was just this crappy little like blue one and then we painted it red and we slapped a target logo on it the kid loves Target. He can only say like <laughs> 28 words, and you know, three of them are "Let's go to Target." Dude, kids <laughs> are awkward. Like, that's just like, why are you like? I feel like in our generation, it's being obsessed with like trains or like something like that. But it's like Target now. It's like what? <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah, so we'll be taking a three-year-old to Target soon. That'll be fun. Your shopping cart. It's good stuff. Yeah. Some practice, you know. Gotta so. get some cool items from Target for sure. Some yeah, toys to go in the shopping cart. Around. Well, I, we uh we actually did a little. We actually did our our secret Santa finally last weekend. Matt, me, and some of our friends from Central, like uh, Ryan Weirstein, Pat Plamer. You probably know most of them. Uh, but yeah, we did that finally. Um, I think almost everyone had their gift ready. I mean, we kind of did it improv too because we were never going to do it otherwise. But it was pretty yeah. fun. I got really stoned and really sleepy, like, at, like, 12 o'clock. <laughs> I was, we were going way too hard during beer pong. I was just like, okay, like, uh-oh. Yeah, but it was fun. Um, Matt, did you get your gift? I don't remember. Yeah, I got my gift. I oh, got, that's right, um, that's board right. game, actually. I'm a big board game guy. Fuck yeah. I like board games. And uh, I got Redneck Life, is what it's called. I didn't ask for it. But, like, I'm going to play it. It's a board game. It's already opened. I wanted to play it the night I got it. Yeah, he literally broke that shit open Was had it ready for you. So, like, I looked at it. I'm, like, already sleepy at that point. I'm, like, I can't read that. Like, I'm not – I ain't doing that. I a whole new game. Yeah. Yeah, but it's basically the game <laughs> like, of life, but, like, the redneck version. <laughs> so, like, I thought it would be easy for everyone to learn. That, that actually sounds – that sounds dope. My fiance is super duper into board games, and like part of her Christmas present this year was just me and everyone else I could tell getting her 
a bunch of board games so we can just oh, like nice. keep playing new ones. Yeah. So oh, cool. they're trying to expand my board game horizon. Do you ever play like D and D or something like that? Like a... yeah, yeah. I actually play D and D with the Velaskis. Wow. Oh, nice. That's that dive into Central too much. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Sam Velosky like writes our campaigns and oh, that's cool. We've been playing for a couple that's of years. Sick. Yeah, it's it's super duper fun. Shout out to the Velosky boys. They're they're good people. Yeah, yeah, they are. That's cool though. Wow. I, I figured Scholars. you did. I was like, Jake, there's no way he doesn't like. Drama Club, basically, I think, right? That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Mask. So, yeah, I was like, there's no way he doesn't play an awesome role-playing game. But, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I love that game. A little, little crossover interest there. Um, yeah. My gift I got from Pat Palermo, it, I played golf, or I just started getting into golf, I guess, and he like, got me, like, a marker for the ball and, like, a magnetic towel. So it's, like, something I, like, talked to him about, like, well, like, cause we work together as well, so he probably just like got it for that, and that was a good gift. Shout out to Pat. I haven't marked any balls yet, but it's, I'm not gonna be playing golf anytime soon. So yeah, shout out to Dan for redneck life. Oh yeah, that was Dan. That was Dan. Yeah, but that was the highlight of the weekend, I'd say. Um, didn't get super drunk, just got really too stoned, and but it was still fun. Um, but to to start off the the hockey talk here, hockey talk, not hockey, jeez. But Hockey Talk, uh, I wanted to open some of these uh, card packs I was showing you guys a little bit before. I've done it, I think, two pods ago. Just going to pop it open, see what we get here. Anything fun, I'll let you know. Um, you guys want to see... Oh, shit, that's actually a good card. Um, I got Jordan Bennington. Obviously, everyone knows about Jordan Bennington. We talked about him earlier this year when he had a meltdown with the Pens. Um, <laughs> reverse of the pens. Wasn't he also a rookie that won the Stanley Cup? Was he a rookie that year? He was very young if he wasn't. I feel like, oh man, I feel like it was the year they went like nine or like nine and like thirty at the in December and like won it or like last place to first place kind of thing. I thought it was that year he came and played. But yeah, Jordan Bennington, interesting, uh, interesting guy there. Neil Pionk, I actually Pionk. Pionk. Fuck! I thought I had his name right. I was like, yes, finally. Uh, Jared McCann, kind of sad. I like Jared McCann. Is he in a Pens jersey on that one? No. Oh. Yeah, it hurts. But he was even that was we mismanaged him so bad. Ooh, Panthers up one. Yeah, sorry. Um, and I got a Rupe Hints. This is like a really rare card, I'm pretty sure, with the red border. So that's kind of interesting. Rupe Hints, honor, honor roll. Pretty interesting. I didn't... Never seen that. JT Miller. I have I have a lot on the, what GMJR said. I don't know if you guys... Yes. Kept, yeah, yeah. He said some pretty ridiculous stuff. Um Honestly, if we want to just talk about it now, and ah, no, actually, I don't want to diverge yet because I—that's I, a long subject, I think, for me. I, yeah, I do. Lot. I do have feelings about that for sure. Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, but J.T. Miller, he's Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh guy. So, yes. uh, Freddie Goudreau also played on the Pens in a while. Do you liked him? Cappy, I'll just show you all the cards because it makes more sense. Tyre Toffoli, he play for the Pens. Who am I thinking of? Pearson. Pearson. All right, second pack here. 
opening it quickly here. Starting with Alex De- DeBrincat. In the, Whoa. There you in go. The, in the Chicago, Chicago Uni. Nico Doss, who I thought was a forward, but I guess he's a goalie. Yeah. Morgan Riley. Oh, that's been a cool hurt. angle. Yeah, been hurt like all year. Cam Fowler. Pretty legit. I think he was... I, he's actually one of the longest tenured uh, Ducks, actually. I saw. I think I saw something. He has like 980 games played or something like that. It's like one of the most with the Ducks. I saw the first like, like a, couple no, periods last that's... night, and Fowler looked good. He's played 811 uh, games. I swear I saw something where he's like, for some reason, up top. I'm like, that makes no sense. I feel um, like since Getzlaff retired and Corey Perry's not there, that he's might probably be. like the active leader in a lot of categories now. So I know Raquel is like between like 2011 and you know 2022 before he was traded was like first in goals and like second in points on the Ducks in that span. Yeah. So like it's. It's uh, changing of the guard. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Cam Fowler is not one of those guys that you'd think would be, like, tenured for a long time. It's funny. I'm actually watching. I have Ducks Flyers on, and then, oh, shit, they already scored back. Toronto, Florida, 1-1 in that game. Um, Sorry. Jack LaFontaine? I don't. I actually don't really know him. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know who that Maybe is. Maybe he'll be good soon. Young Gun. Jamie Alessiak used to be a peng. Kind of got KO'd by Tom Wilson. Oh my god. Put him to sleep right there. It was really scary. But I, I was uh, gonna say that's fucked. I remember that now. Yeah. It was wild. I knew I I, I, I felt bad for him. Like I feel like we misused him so much because he, he's doing fine. Like yeah. that one year he played with us, it was like his lowest stats ever, I swear. Anyway, got Charlie Coyle and then a checklist card, which is Igor Shosturkin and Jason Robertson. Pretty interesting. That, Pretty good that combo right there. Yeah, right now, two of the best, not best, better young guns in the league. Um, getting to the league now. Uh, my first my first little piece of news here, uh, Evander Kane is returning tonight for the Kraken, or for the Oilers against the Kraken. I think he missed 38 games. Uh, you know, how does this affect the Oilers? I, I think they, they, they're they in a pretty good spot right now. Like, they're in the wild card spot. I I wonder, you know, how much more scoring he can add in their lineup. Um, they've Besides their top six guys, really, they've been desperate for more scoring. So, I mean... I not, think he'll pot like seven to ten goals rest I'd say of the at season. least I, I'd at say i say maybe even 15 honestly because I figure he plays with McDavid like he was that certain part of the season they he was on fire last year so kind of expect it with how good McDavid is um I I don't think he's bad defensively which is really where the Oilers need to work on uh like I think they might be number two or number four in goals scored right now, and they're only in a wild card spot, the first wild card card spot in the West, which is a bad division at this point, or bad conference uh, 
comparatively. So pretty interesting. Um, I, I think with him coming back, they might, you know, try to add something here, maybe at the deadline, see where they're at. Uh, I think it'd be foolish to not go at least in a little bit more with Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl. I mean, the team was bad last year, uh, but same kind of issues, but I think I think Jack Campbell can rise to the occasion. I think he's having a bad year, but I think towards the end of this year, he could maybe get a little bit stronger, uh, bet, play a little bit better, I was have just, a better team in front of him. I was about to mention the goaltender situation there, like Skinner and Skinner, or Skinner and <laughs> <laughs> Campbell are both uh, healthy now, and they could mm-hmm. just split time and it might ease some pressure off like the starting role, so to say, as a goalie in Edmonton. Yeah, I, that's a good point. Yeah, they 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 definitely need another player if they're going to go on a run. I'm looking at their projected lineup for tonight from NHL.com, mm. and, I mean, it's just, mm. it looks like Kane's going to skate on the third line to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to imagine he's getting worked up into the top six pretty quickly once he gets his feet under him. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still just need another player. Like they have, you know, guys like Clem Costin and Matthias Janmark skating on in top six <laughs> minutes right now, which is, you know, they probably can get the job done at some point, you know, but not, not for a playoff run. So no. maybe it gives them something, a much needed scoring boost, but they probably are going to need another player or something to, to go on a run here. Yeah, I I feel like if I'm the Oilers, I would definitely want a bottom six guy and a like top four defenseman. Do they cut, become available? I don't know. Um, it's tough to say. I, I actually don't know what how many draft picks they have, but I mean, I you can't you can't imagine this team really does anything like you said, like. I'd like to root for McDavid a little bit. I used to like kind of dislike him because of Sid being compared to him, but at this point, I feel bad for the guy. Like the, the management is just like not, you know, helping the team succeed with some of their boneheaded moves. I'd say. Yeah, he's eclipsed. I saw today he's eclipsed 80 points already in 45 games. Jesus. Christ. So he's probably gonna, you know. There, there, there was another article when I was looking through NHL.com about how McDavid's probably like, or could catch Lemieux, uh, Lemieux's point total in sometime in the late 90s, which is like the highest point total in the last 30 years, and it was like 160 or 161, I want to say. Um, oh, and wow. I mean, McDavid's right on pace for it. You know, no one's really wow. scored above 125. You know, in, in the salary yeah. era, Kucherov got. 130 or something yeah right? i was gonna say like maybe 130 a couple years ago um but yeah i think mcdavid's gonna you know smash that in terms of like salary cap single season statistics that's crazy yeah that's yeah. absurd yeah so it's just, i mean and how do you how do you justify not giving that team who has a player like that every piece necessary to win a stanley cup yeah and i i, I don't remember who their gm is but i I think they've just been a badly managed team with having so many first overall picks and like, yeah, that doesn't guarantee success, but it guarantees like building blocks. And besides Nuge and McDavid, Dreisaitl, those 
those three. I'm looking at the roster. I don't know if they drafted any of these like prospects with high those high picks. Like it's just a lot of failures on the Oilers' parts there. I think. Um, I actually got a quote from Evander Kane. He said he doesn't know if he's ever going to be at full strength at least this season, but. I feel it's as good as it's going to be for a decent stretch of time here. Like I said, I'm looking forward to getting back as soon as possible here. I'm coming back with no excuses when I do come back. So I think he's motivated. I think I, I would say 15 goals in 40 games is not unreasonable for him. Uh, Especially if he gets worked into those top six roles, like Jake was saying. And you think, he gets the top six, but he also gets that power play time. Their power play scores a lot. Like, they score a lot of goals. They just can't keep it out of their net because they have uh, Cody Cece on their first pairing. So, and and Darnell Nurse, who is definitely top four guy. I don't think he's top two, maybe top two, like fringe, but he is not playing as well this season to justify his contract, at least. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Could pick apart the Oilers, honestly. Um, but we can move on uh, to a, a weird story that I heard, read, whatever, this week is Robin Lehner was filing bankruptcy. Um, him and his father were have a business together. Apparently that accrued up to like $50 million in debt. But another thing that I thought was weird is that they're, they were like defaulting on payments for their... Uh, reptile uh exhibit or museum in uh missouri and like they were buying exotic snakes or something like that and they defaulted on these payments and yeah so now he's filing bankruptcy his i think it's at up to 50 million dollars like is where he's at um really weird honestly like that is insane and this is a dude that's injured right now on that hip injury. Uh, not even playing in the league. He's like three years in on a, a $5 million AAV salary. So, poor dude. Um, definitely oh, definitely had some issues in the past, but just a weird story to come out of the NHL. Like, not, not something you hear. Don't go into business with your parents, folks. Yeah. They do yeah. not. That is him, and I immediately thought of Jack Johnson. Yes, uh, yeah. Was with his parents, and man, that's that sucks. I hope that things work out okay for him. That's that is tough. I don't even know how to react to that. Truthfully, that's just that's really shitty. I know, and yeah, that's what that I was thinking too. I was like, yeah, it's just like a sad story. I'm like, so what's he gonna do? Like. I don't know if he's going to get more than one more NHL contract, like, in general as a player. Um, I don't know if he could physically do it. I, like, his his hip is fucked up. He's not playing this year, so. Maybe that business will take off. I don't know. Not if they're filing bankruptcy, that's not. The terrarium uh, business is apparently tanking. That's shocking. It was weird. Like, apparently this, like, reptile exhibit thing was in Missouri, but... The, the LLC that is filing bankruptcy that they own is in Nevada slash Arizona. So it, it's just like a really odd, like, it seems like a sensationalized story, kind of like uh, just absurd. But yeah, I, yeah, 
thought it was interesting. Thought I'd bring it up. Um, <laughs> moving well, moving right forward here. Uh, Kochikov, the the actually I think he's considered for some Calder votes actually this year. The Hurricanes goalie guy. He's a ten four and five two three three nine one three save. He's getting moved back to the AHL, and it seems like once again the Hurricanes just have like the embarrassment of riches at goalie in like their system and good for them. Um, I think they got a great deal for, uh, what's his name? Ned. So I wouldn't be surprised if they make another move with a goalie. I, I like maybe one of the older ones. I feel like they could definitely part from anti Ranta at this point. Uh, I think they actually signed Kochekov to another, uh, contract too for like one year for like one million or something like that uh so kind of surprised honestly i mean i guess i'm not because they had you have to move a player and he was waivers exempt but sucks for him playing to be playing so well in the nhl and then you're like nah sorry freddie's back our injured duo is back so keep you in the wings (laughs) yeah is this the last year of ronta's contract no he signed for next I mean, honestly, not a bad uh, trade chip. Last last year of his contract. Not a bad trade chip, in my opinion. I think um, I think he's a little injury prone, but I I also think he has like two shutouts this year. So yeah, he's he's a solid option if you're if you're looking for another goalie. You know, I think wow, if you're Carolina, you're probably probably just picking up the phone because people are calling and asking about one of those goalies, right? I, you have I to imagine be at that yeah. point with three goalies in the system and like Carolina is a pretty good team already. They could get like a critical piece for a cup run and if I, they dish a goaltender. Yeah. I, I think the like, it's just like, you got to play the guy that's probably not going to get injured to you would probably want him on your team. So like anti Ronta, I think definitely becomes expendable from a GM standpoint. Now, from a team standpoint, I don't know. He might be one of those glue guys they don't want to get rid of. So, you know, why would you trade? That's why I, d- I think we're not trading Dumo. I think he's a glue guy. Um, but, I mean, pens are not looking great right now. But <laughs> uh, we can actually, you know, move on and talk to that, about that a little bit. I saw that P- uh, Petrie and Latang. Uh, Petrie returned to practice. Latang was expected to return to Pittsburgh, but he got moved to IR. I think he was practicing with the team. Don't know why uh, he's, I guess, on IR. I, I figured uh, his dad's funeral stuff kind of still was lingering. Um, not, not 100% sure, honestly. But I hope he you know, grieves the way he needs to. Yeah, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think Sullivan said yesterday that he expects Latang to be playing in games in the next couple of days. So I think he's pretty close to returning, uh, which will be a huge, huge, huge boost to this struggling Penguins defense. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So hopefully he's close. And then I think yesterday Petrie was practicing, but in a uh, a non-contact jersey. That's, yeah, that's, so he's, he's getting there. that's progress. Yeah. Petrie's missed. 15 games, uh, including last night's OT win. And he got injured on December 10th. So I'm wondering, you know, what actually happened. Because the initial interview with him, he's, or, you know, quip, whatever. He said he wasn't that injured. So I'm surprised it's... 
There's well, no way he, he didn't he break his wrist. Yeah, that's what like, I imagine it was. Like, what else could have happened? You know, like, I know they can't say, and it's just speculation, but, I mean, the way he went into the boards like that and the way his forearm kept moving after his glove <laughs> stopped moving, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. just seemed like there was some sort of fracture there, or, you know, and oh, maybe it wasn't as bad as, as it looked. And that's what we're, that's what I'm hoping at least. And then, you know, just this rehab has gotten him back, but it's, you know, if he, he's been out since December 10th, that's going on five weeks now. He's been out of the lineup. Yeah. It's close for a broken wrist. I was going to say like six to eight weeks might be a normal yeah. time period for a broken wrist. I broke my wrist in like fifth grade, sixth grade, fifth grade. Right, right after I left St. Bart's actually. Mm. I broke it, it playing football, sixth grade. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it took six to eight weeks. I had a cast all the way up to, like, my fucking bicep, though. It was ridiculous. Um, yeah, but uh, you kind of mentioned it, touched on it there. Like, the Pens defense is struggling really badly. We, we're missing Jari. We don't really have, like, a safety net anymore. Kind of really need them back, <laughs> our important defensemen. Um I've been a big fan of Petrie for a while, and, uh, like, he brings a good physical presence to the lineup, and he's smart with the puck and knows how to block and get hits. So, like, when he comes back, I think that'll be a big boost for that struggling D, as you guys have mentioned. And uh, a part of the struggling D also is finding the gem that is Ty Smith right now. He is... He's pretty sweet. Uh, he's actually leading the pens in Corsi, which I kind of uh, have a little thing on the pens. I'll save that that talk uh, for later. Um, but basically, some optimistic, you know, viewpoints about the pens with how they're currently playing. Um, but anyway, we can talk about that with the pens. Um, uh, I gotta mention the crackheads here for Ryan. I, I didn't expect him not to make it, but they were on an eight-game win streak, so he could have been partying it up uh, today. But it was ended 4-1 last night uh, by the Bolts. They play again tonight, uh, but they're one of the hottest teams in the West. Uh, I like them. I like rooting for the underdog. You know, I think they might be ahead of schedule in their re- or not rebuild, but just building of their their franchise and i i think they took the the smart approach to building a, a team i think there's been what four or five expansion drafts now you really can like gleam some knowledge and you know just from other people's mistakes like for example i'll, I'll say vegas because that's the only one i can really remember for expansion drafts is like I felt like they went and took the flashy piece from everyone, almost like the obvious kind of thing, building for the right now when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost in their first year. And they might not sniff it for a long time because how they treat it. But I think, you know, not the flash and, like, getting the, the best player on the free agency market. I think they I think the Seattle Kraken have, you know, have a good foundation and they have a lot of picks. They have a lot of young talent. And honestly, like, they could make playoffs. They could sneakily make the playoffs and have, you know, an even 
better run than you know most people expected. I don't I don't know if anyone else. I think we did. Matt had him in the playoffs, but I'm not sure how many other people thought playoffs with the Kraken so far this year. So, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I had him in the playoffs, but really, you, I thought you did. I think Ryan did, but I definitely did too because of that. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck it, let's go." Um, but also, I mean, they showed good signs. I think you you can't be that bad of a team like two years in a row with all this young talent. Like you get you, you're, you're designed to get talent when you're bad. So it's I don't think it's a surprise they're good. I think they are ahead of schedule, though. Some of these vets they got, these gritty vets. Yeah, they're they're a surprisingly good team. I I think a lot of people would be lying if they said that they had them in their in the playoffs. You know, when the season started, I I certainly did not. Just because you know, like you like you've been saying, I thought they were just taking the patient approach. They were okay with maybe only winning 35, 40 games or something, and and keep on stockpiling, but. I it's it's weird we talked about it last week I, I it's there's not like a a superstar yet on that team on offense or anything like that yeah. it's just a bunch of, of they're a team that just works well together you know and they have three four lines that feel like they can really really get the puck in deep and they're just they're going to be hard to beat because they're probably going to sneak into the playoffs unless they go on a you know a real shitty run here in the second half. And I think they're going to be really tough to beat because you can't like zero in on a line or on a player. Mm. You got to try to beat all four lines and the teams who can roll that in the postseason, They, they keep winning. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good point. I mean, they, they have a pretty veteran team for the most part. Like Eberle is one of their better players that I can just name off the top of my head. He's a pretty veteran guy. Burkovsky also. There you go. Did, I mean, did he win a cup with the Caps or with Washington? Yeah. 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 And you know, he also won with the Avs, right? Was that last year? Did he win with last year? Oh yeah. Was he on Colorado last year? I thought he was. I think he, he won two friend. cups. I'm looking him up. Uh, where was it go? Oh, they're vets. I mean, they have veterans. Like, I like I. You'd expect like a, t- a young team. Like like Buffalo, like I wouldn't expect them to win a, a a playoff series because of their lack of veteran. If they sneak in, the the Kraken, I mean, like they are well a mix. Like they really are, and I wouldn't be surprised if they get in the, past the first round, just surprising someone. You know, like I remember Eberle constantly like being a pain in the pen side sides when he was uh in on the Islanders. Like I. I, and that's just like an, an intangible thing, that playoff experience that's important. And honestly, their leaders were probably teaching these young guys some good stuff here. And I, I think and, uh, Wenberg might have made a run with the Jackets when they beat the Lightning. Wenberg. Yeah. All right, he's got that playoff experience. Yeah, he's got a big-time sweep in his back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember their goddamn GM's name. Oh my god. Ron Francis is their GM. Ron Francis. Yes. I was like, I knew he's a penguin. And yeah, so I I I think credit to him for selecting players he probably interviewed, you know, people around them and really got to know like some of the like the guys I'd imagine. He's been plugged into the hockey community for a long time, I'm sure. He can 
get that like insider info and find out, you know, players who might be a little bit better of selection, better in the locker room. So good for the Kraken. Sucks that it ends ended last night, but not all the good things last forever. Sorry. Um, moving on here. Uh, Matt Boldy signed a seven year contract, $49 million with the wild. And I thought the wild were in salary cap hell. So I'm not even sure how that signing even goes through, but interesting. Um, I, I'm kind of late to the Matt Boldy scene. I, I feel like I only learned of him this year because Pat, uh, Pat Palermo has him on his fantasy team. Um, his stats, 12 goals, 17 assists, 29 points in 42 games. So, like, 0.7, basically, uh, points per game. Is that – he's 21 years old. Is that a fair number? Uh, you got to like, think those numbers go up a little bit. It do do know? they? You know? Like, people That's, were saying the same thing about the Tage Thompson signing. Right? Tage Thompson last year was like a point per game, wasn't he? He was like close to it. He might have been. You might have got me there. I mean, yeah. I, he scored at least 30-plus. He probably had like 65, 70 points last year. And my my criticism mostly, Matt, is that they don't have cap space. And signing, uh, I don't want to call him unproven. I just, I don't know how much, you know, obviously he's asking for, but... Potential backfire. Yeah, for for a few fewer years, I'd imagine he he's asking for more. Um, What's just, the numbers again? Seven seven mil a year for okay. seventeen years. So I mean, like, I I feel like it's one of these like I don't know who set the the market for this for the 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 players, but it might have been Jack Hughes or something. Just taking like eight year deals for seven and nine million that like range and a lot of these young guys are starting to take it a lot of the gms are happily signing it and is that going to be an issue down the line maybe <laughs> maybe for the league but yeah I, I guess the wild are probably thinking that they're going to get out of their their cap issues i think i think dumba's on the last year of his contract so yeah probably, that's going to give him um. So yeah, I think they're they're they got to be hoping that this is like you know they're getting it on the ground floor so to speak on Boldy. I feel like he's got high praise. You know he was one of those you know highly touted from the U.S. national program development team or whatever that is. Um, did a little college hockey for a year I believe, and then I think they're I think they think he's gonna be a, a top line winger for them. And if you sign him for, you know, you got him for seven years and you're paying him seven million a year and he's maybe a 30 goal scorer, it's a great contract. If he's a second, third liner, then you just kind of jumped a gun. Um, I, I think he's probably, you know, a second line player. Like, I don't see him as a guy who plays on the same line as like Kaprizov for the duration of this contract. But if he if he can bring his game up a little bit. I yeah. Yeah, I mean that is interesting. Um I don't I, I don't know if I think they both might be left wing, so they might not even have the chance to really play with each other. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. That's a, a phrasing on that one, I'd say. 
You guys watch Archer? Phrasing it, phrasing is nah. damn. It's right over my head. Do you see that? Damn. <laughs> well, you guys will learn one day. One um, day I grew up. What I don't really know much about him. I want to root for him because he's a U.S. product, you know. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have Matt Boldy in my on my side for sure. Ton of, there's a ton of exciting U.S. players that I feel like are under 25. I agree. Like, it's a good time to be an American hockey player, I guess. According according to, like, the IIHF rankings, I think we're fourth right now in the U.S. era of the world rankings. It's like Finland, I want to say Canada is number two. It might be number one with the most recent win. And either Switzerland or uh, Czechia is number three, and then it's and the, the number four is the U.S. So... Pretty interesting. I, I do think the U.S. had some pedigree coming up here. I'd love to see them actually play in, like, a fucking Olympics where it matters. Kind of miss those those, uh, those days, but, yeah, we can draw on that later. Um, my last thing before the GMJR stuff is the, the Hart Trophy odds. We were talking about this in our Instagram group, uh, like the fantasy hockey group. And McDavid is at minus 300 odds to win the Hart Trophy. The next closest person, on at least on DraftKings when I checked, was Cooch. And he's at plus 1,200 odds. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, like, Vegas, and I would totally agree at this point, unless McDavid, something, like, catastrophic happens to his point totals. But I, I don't know if that could happen at this point. Um, but kind of ridiculous one one horse show, one pony show, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, yeah, he's a beast. Would not be surprised. This would be his third since he's entered the league. That's more than Sid, actually. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's he is just full of his trophy cases, ginormous already. He's going to need a new house for all his trophies. I think, doesn't Spinning Chicklets talk about his, like, uh, hot tub all the time or something? I have no idea. So, maybe he'll have a trophy case next to his hot tub then, you know. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, but incredible. Uh, I'm sure Sid would not trade a Stanley Cup for a heart trophy, so, yeah. He also has has some work to do. Yeah, so... Not really McDavid's fault there, but just saying, just saying here. Um, moving on to the the GMJR stuff, I I have a few of his quotes here. I, I, I broke it up a little bit. Um, kind of wanted to dissect it a little bit here and there. Jake, I, I know you say you saw the same article, so well, definitely, definitely some interesting stuff here. But um, I am going to be directly quoting him uh, from here on, and here we go. When I came here, I knew it was going to be a big challenge, and I thought we were going to have minor surgery. And he's talking about the team, uh, the Canucks. Have I changed my position? Yeah. We have to do major surgery between now and the start of next season. We are going to have to make some changes. So, major surgery, what does that mean in your eyes? To me, that's... uh, Probably one of my best players, maybe a coaching change. Maybe uh, both. 
Probably both, I'd say. Dave, did you did you include do you have queued up in your like line of quotes his specific quote about uh head coaching and Boudreaux? I I got Bruce is our coach and that's the way it is today. Yeah. Yeah. He also talked about he said he had made calls, didn't say to who, and didn't say that he was looking to hire a coach, but said that he had made calls to people that like basically could be head coaches. Mm. So, I mean, the the best thing about JR has got to be how transparent he is. He loves to talk via media. Oh, my God, yeah. I, I hate it, honestly. I hate it when he was on the pens, for, for, for the pens. Now it's like, okay, this is interesting hockey stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. He, he loves it. He, he thrives on the, the thrill factor of being a GM. But, yeah, I think it means that he's, you know, I think Boudreaux's getting fired. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. And he knows it. JR knows it. Hockey world knows it. Yeah, I saw. Traded for sure. I saw for coaching change that Tockett is a uh, possibility. Penguin oh, connection wow. there. Uh, Kevin Weeks said it, and I would trust Kevin Weeks with a lot of cocky insider info. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I think that's interesting. I think uh, we can dissect even more into this with some of these other quotes, but I do think head coach uh, Boudreaux is out, out, going to be out probably around the deadline, if not sooner. Um, so continuing the quote here, some won't be very popular. Some will be popular. Interesting. Uh, but But we're going to have to – uh, really do some things I didn't think we'd normally have to do when I got here and how we are going to make those changes. What so. did he think he was going to do when he got to Vancouver? Yeah, I think the ownership sold him a different story than the reality of the Vancouver Canucks. Because if you ask me, I don't think they were going anywhere close to a Stanley Cup Yes, their ownership, Canadian market. Oh, yeah, we could win a cup. We just need a player here and there, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think my my skeptic view on this is, like, he when he got hired in Dece- December of 21. Yeah, I think it was. They were uh, not a Stanley Cup contender then. No, I think they no. were aware of it, but they weren't ready to like kind of sell the farm. They had time to kind of feel it out. They still had Horvat under contract. They still had Pedersen. You know, Miller wasn't extended yet, so there was like hope, like you're saying. Oh, he's Best a player or two. But now they're like, I don't think they're that much of a different team now than they were when Jr. I, took over, and they're just bad. They just need, you know, they need to retool is not the word. They need to rebuild. They need a player like a Connor Bedard or, you know, a top five pick in, in the draft to make over this roster. So, you know, I like that JR is acknowledging it. And I hope he just fully goes for it. Just like NHL 23 mode, just trades everybody. Yeah. Right. Start fresh. Trade the coach. Trade <laughs> <laughs> a bag of pucks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I do agree. I, how bad were they before? He got, uh, Boudreaux got there, so it's like, 
Like, they were bad last year, and the coach like kind of saved it where they went on like a crazy streak, right? So it's like I I don't know what they were really thinking, and I feel like it's been like this for probably the last five or six years when when they started with JT adding JT Miller uh, when they traded Tampa for him. That was when I was like, oh, they really think they're kind of like a Stanley Cup winner here. Like, they think they might actually have a chance. And then they, you know, acquire uh, Oliver ekman Larson, uh, And I can't remember the other dude's name. Every... Clayton Keller? No. Connor Garland. Connor Garland. Garland yeah, yeah, he's U.S. guy. Connor Garland. Um, and you're, I was like, okay, so they really think they view themselves as this team that can is only these couple pieces away. And I don't think they are. That's why I... I reference the ownership the pressure probably from the ownership to add you know players um i can't remember the the gm before jim rutherford man i know people I in i want to say it was jim benning but i'm not yes yes jim benning yes um i heard a lot of vancouver fans having issues with how he ran the team uh and i'm not surprised because this team it feels like a bunch of band-aids that just like went over holes in the roster and now it's just bleeding everywhere. Like there's no, there's no way you can bandage this team. You have, you have to break it up. Like the, the, like the captain or I don't know if JT Miller's captain. I think Bo Horvat is captain, Yeah. but they're getting called out like by ownership and by management. And you can find like videos of JT Miller just kind of, half-assing it on the ice and like once that happens and you know like that players coach and Boudreaux doesn't work anymore you just gotta you know sell them while they're worth it you know yep yeah you can't be can't be stubborn I, you know I think it's just really funny to me too that like this Rutherford says this now all within a you know a calendar year of giving JT Miller some huge extension that you only give to players if you think you are like a team that can win. Mm-hmm. So that's true. I never thought about the extension money, how that might affect his trade value. It makes a, a huge difference. Terrible. Yeah, that's a huge difference now. Yeah. Because I don't want that player. He's getting a payday, like a, an additional payday upon his current contract. That's ridiculous, actually. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of a lot of money coming towards him still. And he's a good player and he's obviously very frustrated in Vancouver. And I think everyone is, but that doesn't make him very tradable. Mm-mm. I don't that's think that's crazy. I don't you know, if you're a contending team, do you you one can't afford him because you can't fit him under the cap this year or any year going forward. And two, is he really a player that you that's gonna add that much to your, your cup run? You know, he tried. He played on a Tampa team and was not the reason they were successful in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, he's and besides that, he's not had that playoff pedigree. So, what do you, what do you trade him for? I think he's probably someone who make might get moved in the off season if he gets moved at all. But that might be a contract they're saddled with for a while. That's insane. I honestly didn't even put that together, Jake, until you said that with the extension. Like that is impossible to trade like i don't want the pens to have that contract unless they retain some insane amount of money for until 2030 there there's no way they're trading him right now 
And his value is only going to take further. I feel bad for JT Miller. He might be bought out within, I don't even know. I, I just feel bad for the guy. Someone will eventually trade for him. Let's be real, but mm-hmm. that's just ridiculous. Um, moving on with with his quote, I have it. I'll just read the rest of it because it is just about all the players. Um, quoting him here, we we I believe have taken our best shot in the co- the contract on the table for Bo right now. I think is a fair for what he's done up until this year. Uh, he's talking. That's the their captain here. Uh, but certainly under Varkit Maui for what he's done this year. So we're in a pickle here. He's had a career year, a career run, and he's looking for his money. He deserves it. I don't blame him. We have a lot of good players here. I actually had this conversation with the team at our opening dinner. I talked to the team about how we have really have, have a lot of good players, but do we have a team? And we've never come together as a team. And what a team is to win at all costs. That's a really weird sentence. And what a team is, is to win at all costs. I don't know how what that exactly means. That's a direct quote. <laughs> um, you can't just be happy to live in a beautiful city, get paid a lot of money, and come to the rink and just play and go home. There has to be attention to details. There has to be accountability. So I think that kind of throws way more shade on the players than what they might deserve. I think the players see the writing on the wall. I think they see that what we're saying is true. They they want the team to be blown up, but hockey teams aren't just, you know, feelings. It's a business. So the Vancouver Canucks don't want to sell the farm. They don't want to, you know, have empty seats. You know, they want to sell tickets. They're a Canadian market. They're one of the bigger markets just in general because of that. Um, I thought, you know, the accountability thing is kind of interesting. I I don't see any, like, blame of him putting on himself. You know, like he's saying accountability players, you know. Well, it's like, dude, like now that I see JT Miller with this extension money, it's like, dude, you didn't really do, like, a smart job either, like, why didn't you, you know, wait a little bit further into the season before offering such a crazy extension? Like, Pedersen's probably going to, I mean, he's probably going to stick around for a while, but I think Horvat has to go. He's on his one year left. Besser yeah, has, you got to get rid of Horvat then. Yeah. He has but, one year left on the contract. You could get, like, at least a first-round pick out of that. Besser has three more years on his contract. Um, so I don't really see anyone else really being prime target for, for moving. I know Kuzmenko, Andre Kuzmenko is another player that, uh, might have to get another payday. He's, uh, I think he's a Russian player who came over for like a one year deal, uh, signed like the vet minimum or something like that. And he's probably going to be looking for not a Panarin type payday, but like, you know, probably a decent, uh, Five, six million dollars. I'm pretty sure he's nearly a point per game. 42 games played, 38 points on a bad team. I mean, pretty, pretty legit player. Probably looking for a decent, you know, bump in pay. I don't know if they, I would imagine they sign him, but I, I think it'd be a shame to let him go, let him walk at least. Um, but yeah. 
Jim Rutherford talking through the media. I don't love it. I do like that Tockett might have a job. I feel like he's been passed around quite a few times. I don't really understand why. Um, bad teams, maybe. Like, Arizona was just a bad team. Like, when he was head coach, I liked him on the pens. I thought he was a good coach. Great assistant coach. Yeah. Maybe head coach is a little too much for him. I don't I don't really yeah, know. Maybe. He he has he's not really coaching now. He's on TNN, right? So right. TNT, TNT, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of kind of interesting. Vancouver team's so bad. I look at their roster right now and their contract situation. Mhm. If I could have any player off the Canucks, though, it would be Horvat probably just he's putting up 30 goals this year. He has 48 points. He's in one of the surprise point leaders in the NHL right now. I think Besser has like 20. 30 goals too, or something like that. I, I would maybe maybe it's uh, Horvat. I'm thinking of actually. Yeah, Horvat has definitely has 30 goals this year. I think Besser's kind of having Besser has nine goals and 26 points. Not bad, but. Yeah, definitely. He's been, I think he's been struggling to find that consistency that he had when he first kind of burst into the league. But yeah, he's signed for a couple more years too. It's probably, probably a little overpaid if he's only going to be a 20 goal scorer, but he's only 25. Oh yeah, he's young. Yeah. Patterson's got a couple more years too. But besides that, I think Connor Garland might be a guy, you know, as we talked about, is coming over with Ekman Larson, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but I, you know, if you're not going to win, Garland has four years left or three after this season, and he makes less than $5 million, makes $4.95 million a year. Solid guy, can move throughout your lineup. I think, you know, if you're if you're looking for someone that can get you, you know, a, a higher draft pick, maybe someone who's actually helpful for your your farm team. Then you gotta you gotta pull the trigger. There's, it, I think it's pretty clear that this Vancouver team needs to just kind of acquire assets mm-hmm. in the future rather than trying to make, you know, repair this very fractured team that they have. And so we'll see. To, to you know, kind of like sew up this dissection here. He said something that caught my attention is. Some won't be popular. Some will be popular. He's talking about the surgery, you know, this, these trades. What would be a popular trade for this team? What would have the fans in a positive manner is what I'm thinking. Like, who do they move? Trading what, JT Miller, probably. I think that would be their best case. But I I think we I the case that we laid out, I don't think they should can. I don't think they yeah. can trade him. Um, I think won't be popular. Bo Horvat, their captain, getting traded. Um, I, 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 I want to say maybe Bedreau or Bruce Bedreau might be unpopular. He's usually well liked wherever he goes. Um, I know they were chanting his his name at one point, right, for the Canucks. Like the fans at one some of the games, I don't know, last year. So I, I don't think, I think he would be another, you know, part of that very unpopular kind of side of it. Um, I, I'm not really sure for the popular side. 
I, I don't really know what Vancouver fans expect, I guess. Um, maybe... Oof, they expect... I, I uh, I, I'd say, maybe like, greatness, like the Sedins. I mean, like, like you put yourself... Something as, like, a fan, something popular, something unpopular. I imagine popular being one of the players I love to hate. Um, I heard plenty of hate for Connor Garland and Oliver Leckman Larson, even though he has an insane contract and he sucks. So who the fuck knows, honestly. And I, I will say he didn't present us with a timetable in this quote. He he did kind of generalize like, hey, we're going to have to do some things that's going to suck. So maybe, you know, maybe he is talking long term buying out someone this offseason, Garland, Ekman and Larson, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, they're they're in quite a pickle. Quite quite a pickle. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're trending downward, and it's not not a lot of signs it's going to change direction anytime soon. No, that is, that is for sure. Um, Matthew, you, you mentioned the Blue Jackets. Do you want to hop into them before we go pens here? Uh, I yeah, I wrap I, I I up have... of the NHL in the last week and this NHL buzz here. So, whatever you got. For well, the last uh, yeah. last four games for the Jackets have been pretty rough. Uh, again, they're one and three. Uh, they lost to the Lightning, the Hurricanes, and the Rangers, and then they beat Detroit. They were up four nothing in that game. Patrick Line had a hat trick. Things were looking bright. It was Boone Jenner's first game back, and I knew I put money down that they would win that game, and they did. But <laughs> uh, Detroit gave them a game close to the end of that one. I don't know if you guys caught it, but no. they, they were up 4 nothing and only won that game 4-3, to three, so that gives me some nerves going into tonight. Puck probably just dropped on the Jackets. Uh, they're playing Nat- in Nashville tonight. And then Thursday and Saturday, they have Anaheim and San Jose at home. And they finish off this four-game streak uh, in Calgary on Monday. And I think they're going to go two and two this road trip. I'm probably being a little hopeful. Or not road trip, but just four-game trip. I'm being hopeful that they're going to go two and two. I could see them losing to Calgary and then tonight in Nashville. But the Ducks and the Sharks at home. Like, the cannon is pretty intimidating for the Blue Jackets, <laughs> and, like, visitors always got a problem with that. The fifth line will be there strong now that football season's over <laughs> in Columbus, and I, I think the Jackets, like, getting Boone Jenner back, that was huge. Uh, do you guys have anything on Columbus? Are they better than the Pens? No, you know? not yet. They, have they beat Detroit. They, they went up 4 nothing and, and beat Detroit. We went up 4 nothing and lost to them. So That's uh, true. In a vacuum, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, is, is CBJ going full tank for Connor Bedard in this draft? I mean, they got to probably have I mean, the best odds right now, right? Them, the, them and the Chicago have the two worst records, I'm pretty sure, right now. Tell you what. I'd rather him go. I'd rather Bedard go to Columbus than fucking Chicago. Me too. <laughs> Let's go. Let's I hope so. Here. Just Fuck get Chicago. a new team in there and get their first Stanley Cup. Like that would be awesome. That's all a man could it, wish for. <laughs> Bedard will just hate Columbus and want to get traded away. 
Yeah, probably. Right. <laughs> it's like, man, this smells like cow shit. <laughs> we'll be How sweet like Max- a playoff game in Columbus. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Like how Max Dummy said Columbus is like a shithole, basically. Didn't he say something like, now that I'm in, in a good city like Chicago, my family wants to visit me? Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> Poor Columbus. They, they have, but they have, a bright spot in Columbus, like dude, Johnny Gaudreau, he's uh, almost at a point per game. Uh, Roslevic, he has one more year after this one on his contract. And he's been putting his heart out there for the Blue Jackets. He, uh, I, I'd like to see him get his extended for the Jackets as like a second, third line center type of guy behind Jenner, and then hopefully maybe like some great center that just stumbles upon the Blue Jackets. Hey, but, draft, draft is a good, good way to get your players. Sucking is a good way to get, you know, good players. And stuck in the NHL. Yeah, very big reward for it. The players just keep getting better. Yeah, I will say between Jackets and Chicago, Jackets have two games in hand and only two more points than the Hawks. So this really is a race to the bottom with these two guys or these two teams. Yeah, and even if the Jackets don't get that Bedard pick, they got like at least eight million, maybe nine million in expiring deals this off season. So that could be one or two good good players. Players that they might end up trading for more dra- draft capital. Yeah, the, really think about it. It's, they might uh, have that money sooner rather than later. Gavrikov, Corpusalo, and Nyquist are all expiring on this off season, which like Ooh. I I'd like to have Gavrikov back, at, but the other two I'm kind of happy to get their contracts off the books. Like I know Nyquist has been mentioned in trade talks for the past couple seasons, but he does so much for the community of Columbus as well that like, you can't blame the guy for sticking around, but like, it'll be nice to have that five and a half million from Nyquist back. So if you're GM of this team, Matt, what, what players are you parting from, from on like this current roster? Would Nyquist be your, your number one trade trade? Yeah. Yeah, trade bait, I'd say, like, Nyquist and Corpusalo and maybe even Gavrikov for the right price. And Roslovic, maybe, because he has a smaller contract right now and only two years left on it, so a team can maybe, like, experiment with him in the playoffs, trade him next year at the deadline if it doesn't work out. I I have someone that might make you unhappy to even mention is Boone Jenner. Oh, really? Like... The dude puts up decent point totals. He's only making $3.75 million. The only thing is he has a, a modified no-trade clause, so 18 no-trade clause. So, to me, he's okay with getting moved to a, 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 like a contender. And only $3.75 million for a guy who is an NHL captain. He has some playoff experience. He probably is hovering around... Let's find his point totals. I'd say point six in his career, but I don't know. He has 22 points in 32 games this year. So his his career totals, I'm going to go off that. He's a little under point five. So maybe he's accurately valued, but I do agree, Matt. Like he is having better seasons more recently. So 
potential trade target, I think, if you want to get, you know, a full rebuild. Because if you're drafting Connor Bedard, well, you draft Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard's 18 years old. Boone Jenner is 29 years old right now. He's not going to be on your team to win any Stanley Cup. Unless he signs another contract, but then, okay, yeah. I was but, looking at his contract earlier, and doesn't it have, like, five years left or something, though? It's four years. Three, four years total. Okay. Because, like, 3.75 is pretty pretty good for a second-line center who wins a ton of draws. I'd say third line. He's probably on the third line. Like, that's Jeff Carter money, and I'd rather have Boone Jenner than Jeff Carter. So Retweet. Yeah. So... I think he's paid a, a great price, uh, a, probably a hometown price. So trading him might be like a fuck you to him. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get rid of Boone Jenner. And that's why I said it might be unpopular, but if you like trade players at their peak value, he, this is a prime candidate for that. Um, I'm not saying and, he won't be on the team to win a Stanley Cup because they're never going to win a Stanley Cup anyway, but I assume the window kind of – he kind of is not – in their window for a Stanley Cup, uh, being 29. Maybe towards the end of the window at all opening, you know? Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there, that he might not be in the window for a Stanley Cup, because, like, their core right now of young guys is all around, like, 19 to 21. And, Mm -hmm. like, when they're, like, 25, 26, when they're in their, like, primes, hopefully... Like, Boone Jenner will be not the captain anymore, and he'll be an afterthought in Columbus. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely... I could see him playing, like, a bottom six role in those years, but at that point, if Columbus doesn't achieve much in the next three years, I I figure he wants a chance to win a Stanley Cup. You know, probably won't be traded this year, but honestly, a very interesting piece, I think, uh... In the future for the yeah, Jackets. Yeah, very interesting piece. Especially if he can, like, right now, 0. .6 points per game. Like, that's pretty legit. I'd take that on the, the pens. on the I'd take that on any of the top or bottom three lines, basically. You know. And he's that gritty guy. Like, I, yeah, I feel like he plays on the like, edge. He's always driving to the net, getting loose pucks, all that good Locking stuff. Locking shots, hitting people. Guys that win Stanley Cups are those type of players, you know, so... So maybe it would not be a good thing to get rid of for the Jackets if they are trying to win the Stanley Cup, you know? Well, yeah, but they're not going to win one in the next three years, and who knows what happens three years from now. I think yeah. he's an interesting chip in a trade, though. At Definitely. Least. I'll agree good player. with you there. I, I'd give him a good player status. Um, but, yeah, Matt, you got anything else for your, your CBJ boys? No, that's it. Just uh, hopefully we'll hear that cannon be firing. Hopefully we'll hear that cannon be firing, mateys. <laughs> blue jackets or pirates? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the swashbuckling blue jackets. I love yeah. that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, moving on to the team that we all care about, the Pens here. Um, last 10, they're 3-6-1. and one. Really only beaten teams in the bottom third of the league during that stretch. Their current goals for and goals against per game... 3.21 goals for, 3.02 goals against, which is a huge tick up from the beginning of the year. Uh, at one point, they're at like 2-4, 2-5, 2-6, and now like allowing three goals a game. 
And just like for that average to increase, that means they probably were letting in more than three in that stretch, you know, like bringing up the, the average. But uh, I think the special teams aren't much of an issue. The They're performing the close to the league average in general with like you add them both up above 100, like, okay. They're at like 102 uh, percent, basically. I think it's 82 percent, 83 percent. Penalty kill, 20% power play, which is a little bit below. Uh, but I feel like the the power play is one of those things that just hasn't been addressed since we lost Hornquist and Kessel. And the guys that like really made that 2016, 2015, you know, that, those teams special. I would love to see the Pens add a type of player like that. I'd love to see the Pens add Boone Jenner, honestly. Um yeah, pens pens can't. No way. There's I don't know I, I don't know how he feels about the pens, but I don't think they trade for Boone Jenner. Um, don't even think he's really available. But with that being said, I think addressing that should be part of their philosophy going further in the season. The pens get a lot of power plays. I mean, they're one of the more disciplined teams as well. They take fewer penalties. They also have fewer penalties called for them, so maybe there's a correlation there. But they should be one of the best teams in general, I'd say, on paper, on the power play, with, with the talent they have. Um, I, I really do think they lack a guy that's big enough to clog up the front of the net. I think, uh, and this is going into part of the advanced statistics I wanted to talk about, uh, the Pens. Um, they, so how, how familiar are you two with advanced statistics in general? I've talked about them before. Um, I'm, I'm not that familiar with them. And I'm not going to bore you with explaining everything about them, but um, I was looking at some of this, the advanced statistics about the Penn season this year, and it kind of led me to be a little bit optimistic. And I think it's why the power play might be underperforming a little bit. Um, it's a little bit winded, so bear with me here. Um, I'm, I'm taking five-on-five five analytics here. Uh, the Pens are out-chancing opponents, according to these advanced statistics. There's uh, scoring chances for, so like you guys know what scoring chances are, basically between the two dots, that lane. Um, basically is a scoring chance, getting it in that shooting towards the net. Not necessarily hitting the net, hitting the post, going beyond the net counts as a scoring chance, you know. Um, they're outchancing opponents and they also have more high danger chances for them as well. So, uh, 51.4% scoring chances for the pens, 54.6 high danger chances, meaning in like that blue paint area, you know, where you should be putting, putting shots in. Um, I was looking into these stats today and, I, I saw that the Pens have a 9.1 high danger chance finishing rate, basically scoring rate. So when they get these high, these chances that are like you get their prime chances to score, they're putting it in under league average. League average is 10%. So to me, in my head, the Pens are out chancing teams, getting in the scoring spots, but just not finishing. So what what's contributing to that? I think maybe puck luck. Rust having a bad season kind of as well. Um, I, like the usual drivers of the Penguin offense, just not finishing chances when they can. 
Jeff Carter. I mean, he he's kind of dropped off. Um, but uh, with that being said, you know there there could be other things that contribute. I think the the power play is one of those things. The I see the Pens very often get into like a scramble in in front of the other team's net, but they don't manage to put it in ever. And obviously that affects it as well. But I I think in the power play I'm trying to get to goddamn is. I, I noticed that they like really to set up each other, but they don't really have a finisher or like a guy that is like, you know, taking clappers, you know, putting it on net instead of moving it, you know, at, around the perimeter where, you know, that's where you kind of want the other team to be playing on the, on the penalty kill. You know, you want them to be taking perimeter chant or shots and, you know, but I, I think, you know, the Pens having a lower high danger chance, and also the Pens opponents, I didn't mention this, their high danger chance finishing is 12.3%. So if this is what led me to be a little optimistic. I'm jumping back here a little bit. Uh, the Pens are finishing under league average, and their opponents are finishing above league average. So I'm sure within there, you know, there's some, some play with why, like, you know, goalie trouble, defensive, whatever. But... I really would like to see the Penguins, you know, address this kind of issue. And I'm I'm not sure exactly how. I think putting the puck on net or having someone, you know, on the power play more dedicated towards that, like Jake Gensel just shooting it on net, maybe Zucker in front of the net. I don't I don't think Zucker's that big though. That's and that that's kind of the issue. Like who do you put there? Like Drew O'Connor, you know? Maybe Dumoulin just to revive his <laughs> like career, basically. Tuck flat, hit off his ass, and it goes in the net. <laughs> Get him some puck luck going. And yeah, they have no one on their roster that is really just like has that knack for the net that you're talking about, Dave. I feel like they're just a lot of guys that want to be skill guys and want to be mm-hmm. fast and stuff like that and move the puck quickly. And it's hard to it's hard to get players like that to change their game for those, you know, 30 seconds on the, on the power play. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're spot on though. They, they need someone to make their, their power play more imposing and a little tougher to play against because I think that's when they get into trouble is because teams know that they want to move the puck around the perimeter as quickly as possible to open up a backdoor pass, mm-hmm. you know, or to, you know, get Malkin in, in, position for a one-timer or something like that so you know if you can zero in on that and you have the strategy to beat that the the power play of the penguins just becomes way too predictable and easy to to guess so yeah if you you can eliminate that problem by having someone who gets in front of the goalie you know collects rebounds and is able to take one of those defenders attention away from the perimeter and focus it on that player in front of the net and I love Jay Gensel. He's got the hands to play in tight like that, but he just does not have the that not big enough. Doesn't have the lower body strength to just like yeah. move the defender. He's you know? listed five eleven, one eighty. It's generous. generous. That's generous yeah. best. Like if anyone's ever seen him on the south side, <laughs> yeah, he's not five eleven. He's not that's a big cool. dude. He really isn't. And that's kind of where like my issue with the Pens lies is that they don't have a big body. Like Brian Rust. Sidney Crosby, Jake are all listed at 5'11". I'm sure that might be even on skates. Zucker is listed at 5'11". Uh, Ricardo Kell, 
six foot. Like you don't put Jeff Carter in front of the net. You don't put Teddy. Maybe Drew O'Connor. If you're really missing, looking for that big body. They're missing a guy like Hornquist back in the day. That's Someone what I said earlier. Just, yeah. Like, yeah. Like who who do you add? And that's why like I think. Ben Jenner is like honestly that kind of just lines up now. It's like he could fit that role. Would be I would love to see him on the pens, um, but just available players. I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head. Um, you yeah, know, there's not a lot of those players who are readily available right now. Why would they be? You know, like they're yeah. usually on contenders. And yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. They're helping. They're helping teams win. That's for sure. Yeah, I think of a guy like maybe the Penguins need a player like a Zach Hyman in Edmonton, who even though he's not, you know, six four by any means, I think he's probably six footer, six one, maybe six two. But like, man, he he fucking parks his ass in front of the net, and he opens up for that shot, and then he he jousts with a defender, and then he can get that puck behind the net and move it out to McDavid. It's just. You know, he's he's not 100% the reason why that Edmonton power play works, obviously. Yeah. yeah. They, they need a player like that who adds another option. <laughs> just, like, we, like we keep saying, there's there's something stale about just simply moving yeah. the puck around. And then, you know, you just can't – as the Penguins have learned in countless playoff series since they won those cups in 16 and 17, you got to really create traffic and, and – really fuck with the goaltender and they just yeah. don't really have the teams that want to do that. So they definitely need a player that can change that. The goalie can't see the puck. It's pretty hard to save it. I will say makes it harder playing street goalie is for sure. That ball curves. <laughs> the puck doesn't curve, but the ball does. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of some players. I I'm just, I pulled up some bad teams, um, potential trade targets. Maybe I, I, I don't know. Um, I see Zach Cassian making $3.2 million on uh, Arizona. I don't even know if I'd want him on my team. Can't really see anyone else being available or even worth our time there. Uh, fuck. Just quickly looking through teams here. I was, I was watching Anaheim pretty closely, you know, last night, and they're not very good, but they definitely have players who are bigger. You know, Maxime Max, yeah. Comtois is yeah. a player I was thinking. I couldn't remember his last name. I remembered Maxime. But, yeah, I think he could be a potential uh, trade target. 2.07 yeah. million. We- weird number. Uh, but a but, qualifying offer or something. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It is weird. But, yeah, so potential, potential guy kind of young. Might not want to get rid of him. Uh, he'll be in RFA as well next year, but yeah. I wouldn't I know he struggled. What's that? I know he struggled in in Anaheim the last couple seasons, but I mean he's he's young. You just you got to imagine that there's a lot of players like that who they in a change of scenery they can play better. It's like right? a hockey swap, like a yeah. hockey trade. Like Alex Galchenyuk, I remember like I we kind of hockey swapped with him. I can't remember exactly who in that trade, but the pens that is, and sometimes you just need it. Gauchinok didn't work out for us. Kind of, I, I might have been for Perron actually. I don't know, but oh yeah, it's like I, I just wish we had that kind of like edge guy, like 
Oh man, I I, I would I, I want to have a guy that people are like, man, he's an asshole to play against. Like like Brandon Saad would bring I think would bring a lot to the Pens. Um, that would I feel be like he really fit, cool. The Pittsburgh boy. He could fit close to the role. He's not huge by any means, but I think he's kind of like getting that shitty area, taking a little bit of abuse. Towards he put up sixty points on the jackets. I mean, that was probably like eight years ago, though. Yeah, probably, <laughs> but still. <laughs> uh, so my last team I'm looking at is uh, Montreal, and I'm not sure if they'd even move any of their players either, just because they're kind of in a rebuilding stage. It's just tough, tough man. Like, there's obviously everyone wants their good players, so it's like, did the Pens have a target? I don't know. I don't even know if they have a trade. Uh, available to them. Uh, my my last kind of notes here on the Pens. Uh, there's been a lot of injuries, but you know to win a championship you need depth. I, I think bottom six, maybe the goalies, definitely a defense could be improved. Uh, Petrie Petrie and Latang coming back is obviously going to be huge. Jan Ruda going down sucks pretty badly for the Pens. Um, Ty Smith though has been a force. Um, I know he can get he's waivers exempt, but like maybe maybe he plays himself into a role here where the Pens can trade like Pojo or someone uh, along the lines of you know that. I obviously don't want Pojo to go, but I'm in the business of winning cups, and I understand that the Pens you know trying to win cups here might have to break a few eggs here. Um, I saw that uh, Danton Heinen finally got scratched. Uh, for Jonathan Gruden, which is kind of funny, uh, some another John Gruden out there. Uh, that's a hockey player. He didn't really play that many shifts, but Han- like Danton Heinen's been sucking for the Pens. Like it's so bad. people, I feel like Dumo and Carter have been a lightning rod for criticism. And you look at Heinen, and you're like, dude, you haven't scored a goal or like anything since like December or like even before that, like November, like. Not not a great uh, not play, not playing well enough to get another contract for the Pens, in my opinion. No, you know he he said he gambled on he was going to gamble on himself taking that other another one year contract with Pittsburgh and don't go to Vegas with him because <laughs> yeah didn't work out. It, it feel bad because he's he's got tools he's got a nice shot he's you know he's got decent skill but he just goes radio silent for too long and you can't especially in the bottom six where like you just really need those guys to come through you every that couple of games energy and, in the bottom six for sure yeah a guy who's slumping you know for two weeks at a time just really drags down the energy on a fourth line so maybe i think they while they're figuring it out they might as well just keep trying different guys from wilkesbury and see if you know a guy like gruden can stick or just make an impact and if not Bring someone else up. Like, just try it. They're not, it's not going to get worse until yeah. they bring in someone, you know, via trade. If they are going to bring in someone via trade, their lineup's not going to get worse by bringing up some guys from Wilkes-Barre because they're, they're getting nothing from the third and fourth line anyways. They really aren't, which is a huge issue. I'm yeah. looking at, at Heinen's uh, game logs here. January 2nd, he had an assist. That's, that was a winter classic. Um, doesn't score. Yeah. Against Boston, of course. Yeah, it doesn't score until December 9th against Buffalo. So two, basically a month for two points here. And these are just points. These aren't even goals. You know? Uh, 
November 23rd then is Calgary, and it kind of gets a little bit more common towards the beginning of the season, but just not getting it done. Um, Kapanen took an unfair amount of, like, blame, I, f- I feel. Like, obviously he makes more money, there's more scrutiny there, but for someone who I feel like has made a case to, you know, play next year at least for the Pens in Cappy, like, I feel like there should be some criticism directed towards Heinen and directed towards uh, Sullivan. I mean, the coaching staff letting this dude play for so long. Like, the, he's he's. I'm sorry, but he's a he's playing like a bum. Like, he's playing very dusty right now. And like, compared to last year, he's not going to reach his total of 33 points. Um, he he definitely took a risk, and I don't think that his usage is much different than last year maybe he saw a few more minutes up top during the how like uh i think sid and uh gino were injured at the beginning of last year so maybe that's why there's an uptick in points uh but honestly i just i i'm ready to move on from him send him to the ahl get that million cap relief if he gets claimed he gets claimed honestly it'd be a benefit if he got claimed at this point i think um, but yeah, um, my last, my, my last little thing here was more advanced statistics. Uh, I will say Dustin Tokarski doesn't seem all that bad and DeSmith might even lose his, his job. Like he might get sent down to the AHL if, uh, he continues playing as mediocrely as he is. I thought I, I've been back and forth on DeSmith this year. I, I feel like. I appreciate him when he's doing good, but when he's doing bad, he looks awful out there. And yes, he does. <laughs> like he's like just like out of his element, fishing for like shots, you know, and not really under control. But yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if Tokarski, you know, makes a makes a real name for himself here. Um, my last little little thing here was the advanced statistics. Some little interesting things of like who's driving the penguins offense here. Um, I will say it's a small sample size, but can you guess who number one in Corsi's four is, which I'll explain Corsi again. Corsi is basically any shot directed towards the net uh, is like one and any shot directed towards your net is one. So block shots count, missing the net counts, post count, hitting the goalie counts, that type of thing. Um, so basically, to put it all together, you take your course, your shots for course E for course e against. You divide them, you know, get a percentage uh, from the total, and that's your course e number. So how much offense, you know, is kind of being directed towards either net. Um, that being said, small sample size, but will you guess who do you think is number one on the Penguins right now for basically driving the offense? Uh, I would guess like Zucker or small sample size makes me feel like it might be yeah. like Ty Smith or something like that. And since he's gotten called up, but it it is Ty Smith actually. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interestingly enough, his Corsi four is fifty nine point seven, which is pretty high. So that means when he's on the ice, 60% of the shots in the game are towards the opponent's net. 
And he's a defenseman, so that means he... I actually think block shots might count against Corsi. I might need to look that up again. Now that I think that. But regardless, it, it's, it's a, a measurement of driving the offense. Um, I will say you can skew these for sure. So power play minutes, no penalty kill minutes, you know, that kind of skews it. Like, uh, I'm not even going to mention the bottom person because he barely paid, but can you guess the bottom person uh, for the Pens in Corsi? Jeff I will Carter. say, no, not Jeff Carter. He's barely Jeff, above yeah. this player. Um, I'd call this player our def- defensive specialist, Teddy Bluger. Bluger, sorry. Um, he's actually the lowest in Corsi at 42.2%. And I think that's obviously heavily influenced by, you know, blocking shots and you're on the ice. You're, uh, you know, for PK. Playing in the defensive zone, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so more of a defensive specialist. Um, and then it's Brock McGinn, then it's Jeff Carter. Yeah, and then Paling, and then Chris Letang at 47.4. And obviously, this is kind of a an interesting, stati- like, just random, like, advanced statistic, but very sub- subjective to being skewed, you know, just by situational moments. Like, Zucker is number four, 53.7. Um, Malkin, 53.9. These are kind of players that uh, aren't necessarily, you know, locking defensive, tough defensive minutes. You know, like that's kind of Sid's, you know, job there. Um, I will say Gruden, Pojo, 50%. Pedersen, 49.4. Freeman, which I'm surprised, 49.3. Kind of, kind of an interesting little statistic i i don't put much value in Corsi because of how it can be skewed but i was just interested relative to like the league how you know the pens are really driving offense and it seems like they mostly are i'd say i i said before adding that player who can finish you know power plays would be uh my number one priority coming you know trade deadline there uh and that's and that's it for, you know, my hockey news. Um, I got the, the top 16 if you guys want to look at that. But otherwise, you guys got anything going on? No, I, th- I think th- I think you nailed it with the the Penguins assessment here and where they're at. They, they just they need another player. They need someone who's tougher to play against in general, hopefully on the power play. But yeah, I'm I'm interested to see they got <clears throat> the Penguins have Ottawa twice, and then um, not sure who they play after that. But I know they play Florida next week, so mm-hmm. they have a couple of this week's been kind of some easier games, like, you know, with Anaheim yesterday and then Ottawa twice, and they have a, a nice test against the Panthers, you know, and a couple of teams battling for those wild card spots right now, so. Hopefully they can get on a nice little roll here, beat a couple of teams, or beat one team twice that they should beat twice, and mm-hmm. get themselves a couple of more points here. Because I mean, it's just every day it's it's there. It seems like it's Penguins, Panthers, Islanders. Someone's dropping in and out of the that wild card race. So Panthers are kind of surging now that they're yeah. more healthy. So yeah, yeah, not surprised. Can't, can't afford to drop these points at this point in the season. It's already 
very costly to be dropping, you know, three, four, five games in a row. So hopefully the Penguins can avoid it and hopefully they get rewarded with some sort of player here in addition to moving up the standings. And kind of crazy that they've gone on two separate lengthy losing streaks and they're still in that, in that realm. Uh, But yeah, we'll, we'll see where, where they, they land. I really, really hope they, they add a player. Um, I'm going to start sharing the thing. Let me know. Is it popped up there for y'all? Yeah. Okay. Um, basically power rankings, you know, <laughs> if they move, there's a number there. Boston, number one, Carolina, two, Toronto, three. I don't, I don't think I've moved these guys in a while. Uh, I mean, can you, do I need to make an argument? I, I can make the same argument probably every, every time we talk here. Um, someone or some teams surging though, Winnipeg and New Jersey. New Jersey's actually number three in the league in points. Uh, they kind of slumped a little bit, but they're now on a five-game winning streak, 29-12-3. Once again, looking legit. I felt like people were kind of, like, down on them when they started losing a little bit, but, like, is that much of a surprise? The league is it's a long, long season, you know. And th- these are the dog days of the NHL season right now, these January to, like, February-ish games like these next few weeks are considered some of the crappier days for the the players at least um I have something to add on the Devils uh out of their like 38 games left 26 or 26 of those games are within the top like 10 of the conference so I think the Devils are due for some losses which could help out some other teams in the Metro in the long run that's interesting to know, actually. I didn't know that. Uh, they are uh, they are a pretty legit team. Um, looking at my, my strength of schedule, they're number five in uh, strength of schedule rating on this one thing I use. So that is a tough schedule, for sure. Um, Penguins actually have one of the easiest ones, apparently. But I will say, Winnipeg, uh, I think Kyle Connor is a beast. He has... Uh, 53 points, 44 games played, 21 goals. Dude's on fire. Underrated U.S. player. Love to see, you know, U.S.-born guys succeed a little bit more in the league. I feel like he's just really kind of criminally underrated, at least not well discussed in in any circle that I've been in, for, for hockey at least. Uh, Often, you know, this happens for, for some players in smaller markets like Winnipeg. Even though it is Canadian, it is a smaller market. Uh, so, just wanted to shout him out, give him some love. Uh, they're, they are surging, and I, I think they might be the best team in the West, uh, just looking at their, their roster here. Um, I bumped down Dallas, obviously. They're kind of just, you know, floating there, doing their thing, but... I think these other two teams uh, were playing better. Same same thing with you know Tampa Bay. A lot of non movement in this uh, this power ranking. Basically, they I you know they're they're floating there too. Uh, I do I do think Vegas was kind of floundering a little bit. I also think they're moving down mostly because other teams did a little bit better or you know teams are surging. So you got to put the teams up that are doing well. Uh, Seattle. Eight-game win streak. I only bumped them up one. I 
think they're pretty far behind in the standings. I would love to see where they end up. I think they're going to be a wildcard team, and I think in that spot on the power rankings, that's like wild card, maybe third in the division, sneaky third. We'll, we'll see. Um, Kings, moving down one. They have more games in play than a lot of these teams, so maybe even down further in the upcoming weeks here. Um, Rangers, kind of same thing, floating there. Wild, Capitals, Pens. Uh, Flames too. The only other team really I think of any significance is the Oilers, and they are in the wild card spot. And relative to this list, that's where they are. They're in the first wild card spot. Um, they, I think they have a, a chance to really boom here with Evander Kane coming back. Um, I think it's boom or bust, really. And we we will see. With, uh, I'm not sure when they play. Do they play tonight? I'd love to watch them if they are. Yeah, they, they play Seattle tonight, right? Let's see. Yes, they do. Nine o'clock. That's pretty soon here. Awesome. Yeah, it's a game to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah I'm going to throw that on. Uh, but, yeah, yeah that's, that's the power rankings here uh, for this week. The um, only other team I, I want to get a note in on real quick, if you don't mind, Dave. Yeah, go for it. Them. Is that Metro Division rival of the Washington Capitals? Mm-hmm. They're getting healthy at the right time. They are. They started off real, real slow. Uh, yeah. At the beginning of the year, and we're getting some up and down play in net. But I mean, they're they are rolling around, rolling along rather uh, now. So they're they're definitely a team to look out for. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep finding a way to move up in your rankings here. And that's a sad thing because I was. Uh... Very, very bearish on them. I, I didn't think they were a good team this year, and they're proving me wrong. That's for sure. And, uh, yeah, getting healthy at the right time is important in the NHL. You just put a guy on IR for the entire season, and then, you know, come playoffs, you can just play, and then you can play, what is it, $18 million over the salary cap. And it's a fair it's a fair uh, game. So, so, wooey, so... <laughs> Yeah, fuck, fucking Tampa can't win a cup normally. They have to fucking Mickey Mouse COVID year and then cheat the next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. Um, but with that being said, thank you guys for coming on here, talking hockey again. I appreciate your, your opinions to both of you. Um, for anyone else, you know, out there listening still, thank you. Appreciate you guys. I don't even, I don't even check statistics for this, so I don't even know if people really listen. It's kind of just hockey bullshit talk, and hey, we might be right sometimes. Uh, but Jake, <laughs> Matt, you guys got anything left to say? Go for it. Otherwise, uh, thanks for having me on, like always, and we'll talk to you both soon for sure. For yeah, sure. Thanks for sure. If you want to read more of my stuff and talk about the Penguins inside the Penguins on socials and si.com slash nhl slash penguins there you go well thank you all for listening once again it's been fun see ya peace i don't even remember how to stop it yes i do